Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? My name is Peter Parker. You. It's amazing. Hands up! I'm Gwen Stacy. My name's Miles Morales. All right, kid, listen up. This far is your universe. We need to get back to our universes. You're like me. One hey, thing fellas. I know for sure, don't do it like me. Do it like you. I am lucky. Puny God. The God. And I am burdened with glorious purpose. Welcome to This Podcast Was Burdened With Glorious Purpose. I'm Brennan. I'm Sean. And uh, we are talking about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. We are taking a detour episode yeah, today. A bit of a special. Because we were so excited about this movie. My honest expectations are I was like, it's going to be good. Because there was that trailer at the end of Infinity War. And I was like, that looks really intense. I loved the the art style and everything. Um, and you know what, we're going to make a podcast about it. Yeah, so this podcast is not going to be like as structured as our podcasts usually are. But first we should introduce the podcast, which we always forget to do right at the beginning. Yeah. Sean? Well, this podcast is, as you know, Bourbon Glory's Purpose. It's about Marvel entities, the cinematic universe, the extended cinematic universe. Uh, I know a little bit about comic books. Brennan is a big nerd and watches all the movies. Um, I've watched them all at least once, but Brennan like studies them and goes into detail so Brennan has a lot of knowledge about the movies the cinematic universe I know a bit about the comics and so here we are doing this yeah so let's talk about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse why it was so great and all of that good stuff you want to go first I loved it I yeah. think it was really great I I was pleasantly surprised because like when I was going into this movie I was like it's Sony and it's animation so Sony has never done a good Spider-Man movie and has never done a good animated movie and so there was no reason for this movie to be as good as it was yeah so I was like um I don't know about this but it turned out to be really really amazing I really enjoyed the movie um I liked like I mentioned before the art style the the animation everything was spectacular i love the the hybrid of like comic and movie how they had like paneled um scenes and there would be text on the screen and it, it felt nostalgic it was it a felt... love letter to the comics yes it was a love letter to spider-man it was a love letter to stanley and steve ditko that's actually not his last cameo i know i know because they like i i mean i've heard that they've filmed several cameos in the future so, like, definitely going to see more Stan Lee cameos in the future. Since we're on that, the Stan Lee cameo was so beautiful. They couldn't have planned it like that. Yeah, I know. But it was right after the city. Oh, wait. Spoiler yeah. alert? Yeah. <laughs> um, we should probably say spoiler Fable alert. Spoilers. We never say spoiler alert in our podcast. <laughs> I mean, if you're clicking on a Marvel podcast, man, the movies well, the movies you're doing before were, like, over a decade old. Yeah, but this one came out yesterday. Uh, yeah. So... so. But anyway, so I really, really loved that cameo because it was right after the city was mourning the death of Spider-Man. And we see Stan Lee, and it was just so beautiful, and his line, it'll fit eventually. Yeah. That was so, so good. It'll all fit eventually. No um, refunds. <laughs> no refunds. That was so, oh, that was so perfect. But yeah, so let's talk about favorite parts first, and then least favorite parts. Sure. Stuff that went wrong. Because um, it wasn't an immaculate movie. It like, wasn't a masterpiece. It got a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I totally agree with, but it definitely wasn't 100% the 
the best movie ever. There are a few things that I was a little bit skeptical of, but we'll get into that. First, let's talk about what was your absolute favorite part. Like a single scene that I loved the most? Yes. Probably where he started having big dick energy, and he was in the... Who? Big dick energy. <laughs> Who? Big dick energy. No, I'm talking about which character? Spider-Ham. Oh my no, god. Miles Morales, when he got his suit and he painted it black and he was swinging around and shit, that was awesome as fuck. And he comes in and saves Peter. That was really cool. But I think what was funny about that is does that mean his suit Shrinks. smells like oh. spray paint? <laughs> True. You think the paint would crack. I know. Maybe he had like a special paint. Like, it's I'm sure Peter Parker had like this huge, um, like, cave of things so a spider cave i suppose of like you know of things so i'm sure he found like a suit spray the universe that miles morales is from is the ultimate universe in the comics because peter parker is like the real one he's the shit he's got all this fancy shit and plus miles morales is just from the ultimate universe in the comics Mm -hmm. so there was that and then there's the gwen spider gwen her universe, uh, we're kind of going off on a tangent because we're not talking about favorite scenes anymore, but Spider-Gwen, uh, her universe is universe 58, I believe, and in that universe, Peter Parker is actually the lizard. That's weird. Trivia. That's crazy. Oh, and Spider-Noir, in his uh, universe, he actually- I love Spider-Noir. He was one of my favorites. He's probably my favorite character. I love the, the characterization mm-hmm. of him. He didn't get a lot- of screen time. Of screen time, but, like, the screen time that he did. It was beautiful. That's something about all of the characters, though. Like, not all of them got a bunch of screen time, but all of them got enough screen time to really develop them as characters, which was amazing in, like, the when there was movie. so much, like, people. There's so much characters in this movie, so mm-hmm. I was so surprised that they were able to give each of them their own beautiful little story while still making it a Miles Morales yeah. origin story, which was just, oh. They did it really well. They did it well. But like I was saying about the noir, his universe is obviously post-Great Depression, but he actually, in addition to his spider powers, carries around two guns. And he guns degenerates down in his universe. Wow. Yeah, which is kind of like against Yeah, spiders. isn't Spider-Man like that was not, a scene in the movie. doesn't kill? He's like, that's cheating, and he steals the gun. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. My favorite scene, probably, Miles was so good. Miles was such a good character, such good characterization. I think my favorite scene was probably the scene where his dad was talking to him through the door. Through the door. That, um, that made me actually cry real tears. And then another scene I really loved was Peter Parker meeting Aunt May for the first time. Peter? So this is going to sound crazy, but I'm pretty sure that I'm from an an alternate dimension. Yeah. You look tired, Peter. Well, I am tired. Aunt May is the one. Like, Aunt May is the character that Peter Parker will continuously, from comic book number one, from Amazing Fantasy 15, Aunt May is the one that Spider-Man that Peter Parker will always be looking out for. And so ex- him experiencing her death really was a powerful moment that they skipped over in order to make this moment with meeting alternate universe Aunt May more special. Mm-hmm. That made me cry too. I cried twice in this movie. I haven't cried in a movie since Infinity War. I, I felt you, I, I heard you over there. In yeah. The next to me, yeah. Yeah. 
Did you um? Did, did you hear every time I was like? <gasps> yes, <laughs> all the time. I'm very vocal when I watch movies. You are. So like, you you ask, should I sit next to me so I can talk in the movie? I'm like, no, I don't want you to talk during the movie. We need to stop going to see movies together because like we talk and I don't like that. Um, but yeah, like that movie was so. I want to go see it again. Little things. Little things. All the, the Easter eggs. Yeah, the attention to detail. The attention to detail. So like. One thing that I, I say this in my review video. I have a channel, by the way, a YouTube channel called uh, youtube.com slash Brennan Beckwith. Um, and I did I did a, um, a review of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. One thing that I talked about in it is that you can tell when a franchise is just making a movie for money and when they actually have people on the project that are are doing it for a paycheck, but not just for a paycheck. Like You can tell when they really love a project. And this... This project was, it was a love letter. It was beautiful. Yeah, it was so cool. It was, it the animation style was unlike anything I've ever seen. I really enjoyed a lot of the visuals. Like, not even mm -hmm. just the art style, but like the, I guess you would say cinematography of an animated movie. Like the, the framing, um, there's a lot of great scenes. Um, I don't know, the direction of it was pretty good. Like, I loved how they framed uh, Miles and they made everything... I don't know, it was just good. The shots were just beautiful, yes, yeah. the shots were good. So good. Um, what was your uh, favorite character? Spider-Noir. Spider-Noir. Voiced by Nicolas Cage. Um, I want to say that my favorite character was Gwen Stacy, um, but I have a problem with Gwen Stacy, and we'll talk about it in a second. Of course you do. <laughs> um, but my favorite character probably still is Gwen Stacy. Miles is a very close second, and uh, alternate... Peter B. Parker is also like I really love how they took a dark turn on him, yeah, he was, and that was like that. really cool. Like I never thought I would like an older Peter Parker. I've always preferred like younger Peter Parker. I've always thought that he was best portrayed as a high schooler, and they really like surprised me with that. I I never really thought of you know how interesting it could be after Peter has been doing Spider Man for twenty two years. Yeah. Um. And and they definitely held no punches when it came to that like that was really cool i liked um i did like peter b parker i thought Ma miles was cool but i did have some problems with him we'll talk about that in a second had some problems with miles yeah uh, i liked the spider ham a lot like mm. unironically i liked him because i thought he was a good comic relief and i i appreciated his connection to miles so he gave him the hammer and he's like <laughs> john mulaney was the perfect person to cast yes. for that role and i liked uh, i even liked anime spoder yeah, I mean, she didn't do a lot. Penny Parker. She wasn't a great character by any means, but I just thought it was interesting that it's like this is so far in the future that Spider Man is literally a robot. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that was Speaking really cool. Speaking of Spider Man as a robot, did you see the uh, Easter egg in the credits? Oh, you know the post credit scene, obviously the one with the yes. Spider Man in the future. Yes. Um, the in the credits there is a person credited as interesting person number one, and that was the guy doing the voices for the guy in the end credits. But then he's also listed again in the credits as Spider-Man 2099. Mm. The same voice actor. So What does that mean? That could be cool. Um, I think they've already confirmed a sequel. Yeah, of course. They they have to do a sequel on this. This is yeah, so good. I'm not sure about that, but I, I think I read today that they confirmed a sequel. To be honest, though, I think this is a really amazing standalone movie. I agree. I don't think it, it, it didn't need to set up. It a doesn't sequel. even warrant a sequel, but like they're going to make a sequel because Money. again, they're not just doing this out of the goodness of their heart. Cause they love Spider-Man. We have to realize that like, they're going to make a bunch of money off of this. And 
also they're doing a Spider Gwen spinoff as well. So yeah, an all female cast. One. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So feminists are taking over. Am I right? Ghostbusters all over again. <laughs> I'm an adult virgin. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, so that's gonna be really good. All right. So we talked about favorite scene, favorite character, favorite just overall what we loved about it. Favorite line. Do you have a favorite line? Um, I do have a point about the lines and stuff I don't like. Um, but my favorite line was um, the the whole scene, honestly, where. It were the the roles completely one eighty and Ra- Miles is holding Peter and Peter is like yes and he's that like, was so good and he's like how am I gonna know and he's like you're not and he's like that was so right. good you're and so was, right and I was they, like oh my god that was so cool that was a great scene that was so cool yes I love that one of my favorite lines was again I just love this relationship between Miles and his dad and how that developed over the movie and one of my favorite lines was the dad you know, saying, um, I see this spark in you and it's amazing. And um, well, he's like talking through the door. Oh, I don't know why I loved that scene so much. But I think it was because like the entire movie, Miles' dad, Miles is defined, all all Spider-Man, all Spider-Men, all Spider-People are defined yeah, by, are defined by their relationships. And I talk about this in my YouTube video, but like all of them are defined by the people that they love and the people that they care about, the people that they look out for. And this relationship was really, really good between Miles and his dad, but his dad kind of all said all the wrong things for like the entire movie. Like he was supportive, but he kind of said like, I hate Spider-Man. Like, and like when Miles found out he was Spider-Man, the dad was like, I fucking hate Spider-Man. And Miles was like, oh shit. Yeah. Um, like, uh, but yeah. So then finally, after all this shit, his dad says the right, like exactly the right thing that Miles needs to hear. So that was probably my favorite line. I also just loved the Stanley, like it'll fit eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, his, Miles' ending line about like how everyone can be Spider-Man, I thought that was pretty cool. Mary Jane said the same thing. She yeah. ran away, we're all Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I loved that. I loved uh, when Peter B. Parker was meeting, what's her name? Mary Jane. Mary Jane, you just said it. Uh, Mary Jane in the alternate universe and he was like apologizing to her but he was like you deserve all the bread in the yeah. world like you deserve fresh bread <laughs> and like was, and that was like, okay. pretty good that was pretty good that was, was a good movie but let's talk about how it was shit okay <laughs> it wasn't a shit movie but no, there was there's flaws in everything so and we, we should probably talk about it constructive criticism is good and we only say these things because we love the movie like we love the movie and want the next movie better yeah. So and I, and I think Sony is going to listen to this podcast. Totally. Yeah. So they're taking notes right now. In the Spider-Man community. We do. Mm-hmm. Something I didn't like about the movie was the pacing, and I say that because um, if you take a look at, and I'm going to compare this to another uh, animated movie that is fan freaking tastic, The Incredibles, the first one. Okay. In the, in the beginning of The Incredibles, you know they slowly build up the drama. Um, in the beginning, you see Bob. He's saving like a guy jumping off a building. He's saving uh, a bank from getting robbed. But like, and then the drama slowly built up. You know, they're like on another island. And then at the end, when the city is getting attacked, you feel tense. Like you're like, holy crap. But like, for example, in Incredibles two, um, they start off with the city getting attacked, and then in the end, it's just a boat getting attacked. Spoilers for. Oh, true. Okay. And then you never feel tense. It's just, it just feels like a super long fight. Scene. Yeah, I didn't like Incredibles 2, like but we're not all. talking about Incredibles 2. We're not, 2. but what I'm using it as an example. With... Hear me out. So, and then I look at that and I look at Spider-Verse. In the beginning of Spider-Verse, you know, 
the reactor blows up. There's a big fight scene. And then at the, in the last scene, I did feel some tension. The last scene was so much bigger than the first scene. Me what out. are you talking about? Hear me out. So, <laughs> and because, I don't know, if they just did the reactor stuff at the end of the movie, like I understand Miles being there when the reactor goes off in the first movie, but if they could have written it otherwise, I think it would have been a better structural point because then he would have been, he would have no idea what's going on when the other Spider-Man showed up. And they, I think there could have been better points for that okay i guess i see that but i think i i don't really agree with you i think i think the way that they had i do i do have criticisms about that scene but different criticisms um i think that they had to kill spider-man in a way that made miles morales feel responsible for peter parker's death Mm -hmm. um because then, because that's how the comic, I mean, like, you're the comic book expert, but I know in the comics, like, that's one of the big motivators for Miles Morales to become Spider-Man is because he feels responsible mm-hmm. for Peter Parker's death. And all Spider-Mans come from somebody else's death yeah. that they are somehow responsible that's for. That's in the movie, too, yeah. And so, like, that's an origin story. And that was a really good way to give Miles the responsibility because Peter literally told him that it was his responsibility to put that chip or the goober in the whatever, the panel that was for some reason in the arc reactor when it didn't have to be. But that gave Miles that particular responsibility throughout the entire movie. And it also made Miles feel responsible for Peter Parker's death. I think that achieved two things and a few other things. It, It sent the prowler after Miles. It, made Kingpin the biggest villain and showed that Kingpin just wants to kill all the yes, Spider-Men. Like so, so, yeah, I mean, uh, his characterization was a little bit weak, but, like, whatever. He's a villain. I liked his... That liked happens. How, like, Marvel villains have always been kind of on the weaker side. Yeah. But I just liked his how he was portrayed, because he looks stupid, but he looks crazy stupid. Like, there's no dude else who looks like him in that movie. Yeah. Yeah, he looks like a villain, and that's mm-hmm. great. Point is, I don't really agree with you. I don't I think that that was a bad thing. I think well, that that was good. But I I guess it could have been con- improved. But I do think the final arc reactor scene that was a good paid scene. off more because of that arc, that first arc reactor scene because we were introduced to this evil, this mm. big bad thing. I, I agree that the way they set it up was still good. I just think that, I don't know, because the first time it went off, you know, you were like, oh, shit. And then the next time it goes off, you're just like, Yay, they're going home. It, I don't know. I just didn't feel okay. as tense in that moment. I felt more tense in that moment than you did, but that's fine. Well, I, th- <laughs> I liked that Fisk got out there eventually and started kicking ass. That was cool. Yeah, that was interesting. Any other problems? Yeah. I want to say a problem. Oh, uh, I didn't like... I, I know it's a trope, and I understand that sometimes it's clever writing, but there was a lot of um, things coming back in the like later in the movie. Um, I love it in something like a James Bond movie where at the very beginning of the movie they say, yeah, this gun will only shoot because, it, you know, your your handprint or whatever on it. And then later you see the villain pull the gun on him and you forget that and he tries to pull the trigger it doesn't work. Like, I love, like, little things like that coming back. But this movie had a lot of it. Like, for example, the, um, we said it before, the uh, You Won't Know. That was a good one, though. That was a really good one. I won't, yeah. I won't fault that one at all. There was the... I'm trying to think. There were so many of them in the movie, but now I can't remember any of it. Like every uh, introduction of the Spider-Man. That was good, though. Um, that was I, one I liked. What I didn't like was... I can't. Of course I can't think of it now as soon as I bring it up. But regardless, there were some some in there that were just like forced in there that I was like, okay, I think there might have been one with his uncle. Um, fuck me. Why can't I think of well, it Well, that was a terrible criticism. I know. <laughs>
So Sean couldn't remember the lines until after we recorded. So this is just editing Brennan stepping in to say them for him. Uh, the lines were Einstein says time is relative, always get back up, leap of faith, the shoulder trick, Miles saying I love you, and there were a few more. Basically, Sean was trying to say that there was too much callback for emotional effect, and it got old and sometimes devalued the really important lines they called back, like the ones we just discussed that we liked. Back to your regularly scheduled podcast. I'll talk about something that I... I thought after, at first I was okay with it, and then I thought about it afterwards. I didn't like how they introduced Gwen. I thought that it was stupid that she went to the school. I think that that didn't make any sense, because, correct me if I'm wrong, but she saw Miles before he turned into the Spider-Man. No. But she also, so she wouldn't have been, her Spider-Sense wouldn't have been triggered then. But she, then after he gets fit she sees him again she knows he's spider-man at that point still doesn't do anything yeah gets mad at him about her hair which was i think that was stupid i don't think we needed an origin story for why her hair was shaved that was silly and then she still does nothing and lets miles go help peter parker and still does nothing like it it was so weird like i wish that they that was i feel like what I want to say is it was just lazy writing to make Miles have a love interest. That was something... Does that make sense? Like, Yeah, that was another thing in the movie that I felt... I, I appreciated they didn't go too much with it. Yeah, that's what I said in my video. Like, they didn't overpower us with it. Like, they didn't kick us over the head with this romance. But it was completely unnecessary. It really was. I, I like how in modern movies now they're starting to move away from the trope that, like, yeah. a superhero kisses a girl. And or, like, I... there's... But there's always a trope is, like... The trope is, Potential. if there's a man and a woman who are the same age in a movie, yeah. they have to get together. And it was like, why are you doing this to us again? Really we don't need this. Really we, that wasn't unnecessary like, at all. When they said, we're friends, I was like, all right, good. I was like, okay, but whatever. Yeah. Gwen, if I was introducing Gwen, I would have just introduced her. Cut. I would have cut all of the other school stuff. Like, if they wanted to show that Miles was awkward, they could have done it with a different girl. It didn't matter. I just, like, wish that they had introduced Spider-Gwen spider-woman the way that she came in during the doc ock chase scene that's it like just nothing before that because that's kind of how everybody else was introduced was kind of during a kerfuffle like fucked up yeah miles fucked up and then they yeah exactly so i think that yeah i think that having her go to the school was kind of just lazy writing to make miles have a love interest except if they had taken her out of the school then the whole school sequence would have just been like I think I think he could have been better friends with his roommate that would have been an interesting dynamic yeah but I think they're gonna explore that later but obviously they said at the end they was like I became friends with my roommate and he was in his spider suit hanging upside down that's true that's true yeah I just I don't know that was kind of unnecessary to me but I I, I'm not a fan of any like unnecessary romance in superhero movies I I agree I don't know but they but again they they kept it down to a minimum like a few glances and stuff I just remember something I thought of when I was watching the movie do you remember when Doc Ock said that her enemies call her Doc Ock, but her friends call her Liv? Mm-hmm. And then Aunt May called yeah. her Liv. And yeah. I was like... Ooh. Okay. Wow. I caught that when I was watching the movie, and I was like, that's... 
Interesting. And then Aunt May seems like she knows an awful lot about what's I going know. on. I know. Aunt May, like, who knows? She I, seems real smart. Jeez, I hope they don't make her evil. That would be terrible. I don't think they will. I think she's just going to have, like, a... Be ret- caught up in things. Yeah, she she's not going to be, like, Grandma who sits at home. And- yeah, which I love that characterization of May. I love that modern May is, she's like, badass. so cool. And both, like, and I, I love in how Homecoming she's like, and in Spider-Verse. Can you guys just Spider-verse. take this outside? Yeah, that, that was, was so good. Like, they, they zoomed in on all the things that were breaking. I was like, that was so good. But, yeah, so th- that's my biggest criticism, probably, is, like, unnecessary romance mm-hmm. between Miles and Gwen. Like, that was, like, come on, seriously. And then Gwen was introduced at a stupid time. Um, and then you have that whole thing about the arc reactor. I don't I don't think that was well, that Well, no, my problem wasn't the necessarily the arc reactor scene it was just that i never felt that there was a super a build-up of tension it kind of felt like there were like now that i'm saying it i feel like i'm wrong and i feel like <laughs> like now that i'm trying to explain it i was like yeah i probably i probably was misinterpreted wrong. or something well th- i'm thinking more about it now and i was like yeah Do you have I, any I other guess... like criticism not really man I mean, it was I a good it was movie. Pretty dang good. I'm still trying to think of those lines that I didn't like that kept coming back. I, I can't think of them right now. I was thinking of them on the car ride home from the movie theater. Did they ever complete the line with great power comes great responsibility? Because I know throughout the movie they were like referencing it, yeah. but they never really finished it. Peter Parker said it. In the and movie. okay, wait. Like Peter. Dead, dead oh, Parker. Dead Parker said it in the beginning. Okay. Because, yeah. yeah. Um. Throughout the movie, it felt like they weren't completing that line for some reason. But maybe I was wrong. I guess it was because of every single movie. Yeah. I mean, that's a, but that's a Spider-Man trope that you expect. And I love that they were like, all right, we're going to do this one last time. And yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. I liked that. I, I think that was funny. so often. I know, I know, I know, I know. It, they didn't even do it a uh, fucking one for Homecoming. Yeah, exactly. They were like, this has been shoved down everyone's throat. Yeah. Everyone knows the origin story for Spider-Man. But what was so cool was like, I just love the origin story for Spider-Man. It's so cool. Like with Miles or Peter or Gwen. I Miles was like, especially good. Um, yeah because normally the dynamic is like uncle ben dies uh from a murderer and then he's got a uh you know fucking we all know that the origin story for it but miles was so good in, in that everyone was introduced before his tragic tragedies happened yes and then as that's it, why it worked that's why it, yeah. that's why all these characters worked because they weren't trying to give them an origin there's a reason that justice league didn't work yeah and there's a reason that this one did it's both our franchise starting or attempting to start a franchise with a group movie but this one worked because all of them already had their origin stories figured out and they were helping miles through his and their origin stories weren't like arcs in the movie they were like really funny little clips like there's a moment where three origin stories were going on yeah at that happened at the same time and that was they were like, just like they're the same they're all the same and they were like uh, I think I at got one bit point by they a radioactive were, pig at one point they were like and then it's a long story and then they were like Wait, maybe it wasn't that long yeah. of a story. <laughs> yes, it was Miles, I think. Yeah. Um, like, I was one last time. It was a long story. Right? But yeah, I love that. I think my favorite thing about, I think what makes Spider-Man my favorite superhero is he his relationships with people, the way that he deals with tragedy and pain. It's just so cool. And uh, What do you think about yeah. his superpowers, though? The invisibility and the electricity? Honestly, I have no... (laughs) I I think it's cool. I think it makes him slightly different than the other Spider-Mans. Is that the way in the comics? Yes. Okay. Okay. It's not not all at once, though. Like, it's it's accrued over his his whole life cycle. It isn't like he comes into Spider-Man with everything. It's kind of like a Superman thing where he learns his powers as he goes. Okay. Cool. I thought it was weird how 
it just happened. Like, I understand it was a radioactive spider, but they never said it was because of the spider. So in my head, I was like, is he a, is he a mutant? I was like, they're not. They're not the no, 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 no. No, I know it's because of the spider, but... I think the spider itself looked... Was cool. This was really cool. And that scene where he just gets bit and he goes... Slap. Yeah, the, dude, the comedy was so good. The, the, I love... The thing that I that love was, about Marvel, the thing I love about movies is the comedic timing. And that was so good. Something I thought about it through the movie was, was like, this movie has a great like subversion of expectations. Yes! Like, it, it makes you think something and then it just completely Yes, goes yes. And that's what was so good about Infinity War. I know I'm going to say something good about Infinity War. It was the, the first subversion of expectations. I love that. And so... So that's what made this movie so good, except there was a happy ending and Infinity War did not have a happy ending, which is why I don't like it. But we'll talk about that. You're silly, man. But we will talk about Infinity War later in this podcast that you should subscribe to, tune into. Um, I think we are done talking about Spider-Verse. Is there anything else? I wish I could remember those lines. We can always, you can always remember them later and we can We're talk about be them. on like Iron Man 3 and I'm like, oh, oh yeah! Um, so stay tuned for this wild ride of a podcast. Um, our next episode is going to be Incredible Hulk. So stay tuned for that one. It's going to be a good Ooh. one. But we will talk about the end game trailer in that podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Oh, I'm Sean Kelly. Oh, I thought you were going to say something too. Follow <laughs> both of us on Instagram. And you can follow me on YouTube. Like I said, I have a YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, that's, that's it. Man. That's it. This podcast watching. was burdened with glorious purpose. Excelsior. Excelsior.